The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, y'all, I'm recording this after the fact because our audio got a little bit messed up for about the first minute or so, and instead of just kind of cutting it and leaving it, no, you deserve an explanation. So I'm going to intro the episode now. Enjoy. It was a really fun one talking about the trade stuff. Here we go. Welcome to the Nick and Alex Baseball Show, the show that I would not trade for anything. My name is Nick Pollock, and I am joined by the astounded Alex Fast, who witnessed the Baltimore Orioles take fourth place in the AL East. He is there. He says hi. I can see him. He's waving. You're going to hear from him in a second. Um, but I just want to let everybody know next week we are going to be doing our own uh, trade deadline show. I'm going to be going on the podcast with uh, Paul Spore as we do our live stream of the trade deadline. I'll be hosting it here on twitch.tv slash pitchless. I'll also be going over to his channel as well, doing the same thing. In the suits. On the, in the suits, of course. And I promise you, mine will mine will fit um, next week. <laughs> and I... Now, I, I'm looking forward to that. will be 4 to 7 next week on Tuesday the 2nd. And we'll be going to be, going to be recording uh, Nick and Alex's baseball show, uh, I believe, that night, too, um, after it. But then, in the you know, just kind of going over everything that happened. Um, but I'm excited for today. We're going to go over hypothetical trades. We're going to do all of the fun stuff. Just like, you know, this is a baseball show. I, I realize that we have the segments that we like to do. But those are like the ones that we can pick and choose what we want to do each week while also just doing the fun baseball stuff that we don't get to do and on the corner. So I'm stoked for the show. Are you ready? You ready to do this today? I'm stoked. I I I I was it's a fun thing because you can't be you can be wrong, but you can't be because we're always gonna be wrong. You know what I mean? There's 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 gonna be some some team that comes out of left field, and that's gonna be, you know, that's the fun of the trade deadline. Why, is it always you left know, field, huh? why, why huh? not right field sometimes? Why is it always coming that's out of left a, field? That's a great question. You know, that's a really great question. Things will just uh, come out of left field. Like, right field exists. I'm here for the right field. Yeah. All right. You hear it here first. We're never going to say out of left field anymore in this podcast. It's always, man, that came out of right field. Yeah. That came out of the too. field. That came out of the field. You know, that came out of the field. That came out of, man, that came out of center field. That really should be it because it came the furthest. <laughs> there you go. Right. Deep center. That came out of center field. Um, but whatever you okay, so so before we begin, as always, um, make sure you to rate and review us on iTunes everywhere you listen to uh to your podcasts. Uh make sure you you leave a wonderful review and we'll we'll read it on the podcast as well. Make sure you do that. Um, but we as always have a mystery pitcher to announce. And I I'm actually excited. wonder, I gotta like keep track of the ones that I've done because I don't know. I do so many things with pitchers all the time. I don't remember if I've actually done this before. You'll let me know, everybody. Yell at me. But this pitcher, I'll let you know, has a four and four record, eighty-one innings this year, two eighty-nine ERA with a one nineteen WHIP, but just a seventeen point seven percent strikeout rate, six point four percent walk rate, twenty-five percent CSW, just a ninety-one and change fastball, low eight percent swing strike rate. How are they getting this done? We don't know. Do you know who this pitcher is? I, I figured I'd find the hardest one I can think of this week. Because I think no, is it that hard? You think you know who this is? I do think I know who it is because it's a pretty stark difference to see that ERA with that. But uh, I feel like there that, are a lot of characters that this could be. You know? 
Yeah, there's a there's a there's a swarth of characters that this could theoretically be for sure. Yeah, I'll give you yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, and Eric, if you want to put it on the screen, by all means, I uh, or John's, I should say. There we go. There's the lovely I uh, player mm. page. Oh, uh, actually, you should. Uh, maybe... By the way, everybody, these are the uh, the our version of the sliders, the stack ass sliders. You can show you should check them out on mm. uh, pitchless.com and our glorious player pages. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is a tough one. Um, I'm curious. Switch chat. Let me know if you uh, know who this pitcher is. But all right, we're going to move on. We're going to get straight to it. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. This is the trade deadline podcast. And Fast made this glorious chart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't even have a thing of the week this week. We're like, no, we're getting down to this. And it's trades. And let's get to the most important thing. Um, Where is Soto going to go? And by Soto, I mean Giovanni. <laughs> That's good stuff. For some reason, I, I automatically thought Giovanni Rabisi in my head. I don't know why. Um, yeah. yeah. So well, this is I'm very excited to have this conversation because I think this is going to spiral in a lot of really fun and interesting ways. Um, I my my take. So the way that we're breaking this down to is we're doing stay or trade and then the team that we think they're going to go to. Mm -hmm. And while there are definitely more trades than there are stays, um, this is my first and like one of three stays. I don't know if a team is going to do it because mm. I think if I'm the nationals, I'm not going to balk at any price. That's not the price that I'm asking for. Right. You know what I mean? They are looking to aptly. So redefine their farm system and a team is looking to the, the one important caveat that I think people aren't really talking about. That's a part of this discussion is this is two years of soda, right? Yeah, right. Two and a half, two and a half years, two and a half years of soda. Cause there's no guarantee that, he resigns. Honestly, what I think is going to happen if they do trade him, I think the Nationals resign him and actually come out like bandits in two and oh, a half wow. years. Because think about it. By then, a lot of their big money contracts are off the books. Their farm system is loaded, right? They are, are not going to have to pay a bunch of guys for a really long time and they'll be able to afford a Soto contract. But I think for this, I don't know. I'm I, I I'm wondering if the Nats are going to say, "All right, we'll just take whatever the highest offer is," or if they're going to say, "You know what? No, we're 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 we. This is exactly what we want, and we're not going to balk here. If they don't, if they don't, if they're not going to give it to us, then we're not going to take it." So I'm going to go with that. Okay. Uh. So first of all, maybe they're getting something from your uh your lovely Orioles. If I, you remember Manny Machado and how that unfolded, they they should have been trading him earlier and they didn't, and they wait so long, and then they got this weird deal from deal from the Dodgers with just half a year left, and it makes a lot of sense to try and deal Soto now because not only especially for a team like the Yankees, the Dodgers, uh, even Brewers who have been you know they have that amazing amazing pitching staff and should be in. The, the the fight for the NL Central for years, you know, a lot of those kinds of teams where this is two and a half years. This isn't just a quick chance. This is legitimately, you can build this for two and a half years around. Um, I wonder if I, I, I wonder if the Nationals are going to try and play coy with it, but at the same time, this is the peak value, right? And whatever they do now with Soto, theoretically, they don't get more than this moving forward yeah. because it is two, two and a half years right so if i am the nationals it's in my best interest to deal as much as possible i would be really frustrated if i didn't get something great from it but i would be surprised if they thought if we hold on to soda we'll get more later on mm. and i think a lot of teams are going to be in on this so i i think they're gonna have someone to sell i think also i mean the question then remains okay do they put in Patrick Corbin the deal? Do they put in Steven Strasburg yeah. in the deal? And in an ideal situation, no, because then they get better a better return. It's Then it's the question of like how much the Nationals just want to save money or not. And I really hope they don't. I really hope they don't do that because we want to see a huge blockbuster. You don't get that blockbuster unless, yeah. you know, unless they don't uh, give away the money, right? Because then you just get more back. So... I mean, every team will be like, yeah, sure, we'll take the money for, for fewer prospects. I think in general, that's like, I think it generally good deal. But, you know, owners are weird. Uh, do you think that if the Nationals do trade Soto, that they'll be dealing Corbin and Strasburg or one of the two with them? That's a great question. I mean, I wonder if they could do that to counter any theoretical deals that they don't 
I wonder if they're not getting the value that they want to get, they're going to be like, mm-hmm. fine, we're not going to take five top prospects. We'll take four, but guess what? You're paying for Steven Strasburg. Um, that might be tough though, because I imagine, I don't know how that's going to work with like luxury because they still have to pay. Like Soto still is due a, a good chunk of change. Oh yeah. Right. Um, and the arbitration exists, right? I mean, yeah. he's going to get money. Well, yeah. But doesn't he also have, did he sign some sort of contract beforehand? Right. Oh no! Ooh, ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> maybe on the maybe spot, fast. All right, let me let me. No, let me no, no. He, he isn't. He is an arbitration. He is an arbitration. But yeah, Ooh. he made seventeen million in Nailed arbitration. It. Seventeen million in arbitration last year. Theoretically, that could go down because he isn't having the kind of MVP caliber season that he's used to having. Sure. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe they could be able to do that. I mean. Yeah, I, I'm curious to know for those who are in the chat too. By all means, would love to hear where you think uh, Soto would be going as well. Um, you mean, know, for those I, listening at the podcast too, you can join us every night while we stream live. Be a part of the chat and talk with us. This is absolutely. Happening. We do this uh, on Twitch uh, Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern time every week. Um, I think the Brewers are going to be in on this. I really think that this is a really good window for them for the two and a half years exactly what you were talking about. They obviously need the offense help. I mean, they have the staff. Soto is that ticket, right? Uh, Burns, Woodruff, uh, Peralta coming back. Uh, Maybe Ashby turns into something too. But really, just with Burns and Woodruff, you have a very legitimate push in the playoffs. You just need the offense to support it. And Soto is is the prize. You know, he is the main guy. You go and get that. Because in in three, four years, who knows what that pitching staff looks like? Who knows what else is coming up? This is the move. This is the window. Uh, so I think that the Brewers are going to be hugely in play for this. I don't know if they have the farm to be able to put together a package that's competitive enough to get Would you deal up. Ashby? Not after signing him for five years. I don't know. Clearly- I would rather, I mean, I would have rather rather have Juan Soto for two and a half years than Aaron Ashby. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the way that they work. Um, you know what I mean? Thinking about how they how they operate. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm, I like. I guess Ashby would have to be a part of it. They don't have a single prospect above a 50 grade. Hmm. Um, yeah, Ashby so, would be in there, and I think that's something the 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 Nationals would heavily consider. Especially if you throw in like Corbin to be that five instead of Ashby or something like that. Right. And then, then yeah. the pieces start coming together. Maybe then the Brewers go and get Jose Quintana. Um, who do I have? Did I have someone else in there? Nah, I don't think I did. Well, we'll, we'll get to those later. Yeah. I, I think yeah, I'll, oh, I'll also say oh, this. I, I, I did mention, I did have it down though. Josh Bell being in that package for the oh, Brewers. Okay. I, I think the other thing about Ashby too is like he would theoretically go to a team like I don't think the Nationals are ready for an Ashby because he's going to be elite possibly next year. And their window isn't opening for three to four years now. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but you have him on a five-year deal. The whole idea is that you get a guy like Ashby. This is early development guy, right? I I guess, but if if they don't plan on being competitive for three to four years, why have an ace pitcher? Well, I mean, is Ashby an ace pitcher yet? He has the potential to be. Right, but then you have it for five years. It's not like he does it for... Let's say he breaks out next year, which would be amazing. I'm not saying that that mm-hmm. will happen, but let's say he does. That just doesn't stop in 2024. I mean, he's super young. They'll have him locked up for five years. Why would yeah, that's such sure. a valuable thing? Yeah, I, I personally think they're thinking more long term, but it's a very valid thought for sure. Um, all right. Good. May, may these conversations be as good for all these. The next, you know, these aren't really necessarily in order of the biggest, most impactful names, but this one obviously is a very big, impactful name. You and I both agree that Luis Castillo will be traded. Why don't you start with where you think Luis Castillo is going to end up? Sure. I pretty much assume that all these guys get traded because theoretically they all should. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's essentially how I see it is teams. <laughs> I noticed that none of these guys are Colorado Rockies. So all of them will be <laughs> traded, in other words. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Luis Castillo, I it makes a lot of sense to me for him to, to be a Toronto Blue Jay. I mm-hmm. The Jays need that one last guy. And they're making yeah. a fantastic push. We all know how good that offense is. And maybe, you know, maybe it is, isn't necessary for it to be Luis Castillo. You have Kevin Gaussman and Alec Manoa leading the way there. Maybe Barrios is the guy that they want him to be for the playoffs. 
But, you know, so it's not as big of a need as I think other teams. But it is Yusei Kikuchi at the very end. Ross Stripling, you don't know how long that's going to hold on for. And they need to ensure that they make it to the playoffs in the first place. It's been a fantastic run for the Jays. But it's not locked at this point. Mm. Castillo would certainly be an addition. Uh, I would feel bad for Castillo. Um, I believe it's another year on the contract. Could be wrong about that. But uh, that would mean he'd be cold in Toronto. But it is a dome, so maybe that is better, actually. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like the outside world affecting him, too, <laughs> of his environment yeah. of the cold, if it's just the dome or not. All I'm trying to get at is Castillo is obviously a fantastic pitcher. The Jays, that's one of their weakest points, and uh, it just makes all the sense in the world. That would make sense, too. I mean, that, that was my second guess. I had, uh, I had them, you know, I had a tough time deciding. I think the other factor is while he hasn't been as much of a ground ball pitcher this year, overall he is, right? With like a got to be like a career like 55% ground ball rate or something like that. Both the Blue Jays and the team that I went with, the Cardinals, fantastic infield defenses, according to outs above average. The, the Cardinals, you want to talk about another team that needs pitching help. I mean, they don't, they don't have anyone. There is no Kevin Gaussman there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It literally, if you if you go to their roster resource page right now, uh, it goes Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, Andre Palante, and then even they're like, we're not putting a four or five, thanks. Um, they obviously have a chance to be extremely competitive uh, and, and doing, you know, they have the offense for sure as long as there's no games in Canada. And it's tough. I, I think they need it. Um, they, they they have the farm that they could probably spare, uh, uh, you know, uh, some some people. It's not an elite farm system, but it seems like there's enough there that they could move for Castillo. I think he'd be a good fit there. I Obviously, there's the question of, like, does Cincinnati care about trading in division? Um, but Luis Castillo, I think, is... He's is arbitration he, like next year. And yeah, he's arb next year. free so agent after the end of next season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think he ends up in, uh, in St. Louis. I think it would be a, a good fit there for you him. You know, I'm playing this game right now fast of praying. Like I'm, I feel like I'm watching the DVD logo on the TV as I'm hoping for your ring light to line up with your eyes. As with you my talk. eyeballs. It's yeah. why I hate wearing glasses when I, it always, it makes me feel like I'm like playing that level in Sonic where he runs up and down to try and get the rings. But I'm like, you know what I mean? It's when you collect the emeralds and yeah, anyway. yeah. Um, that's what I always feel like. That, and I, I hate it. I hate it. I know it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. You got it. You got um, it. You got to get two of them. That's the trick. You have one on the left and one on the right, both going like this so that you don't get reflections straight. Okay. Anyway, I, something interesting I saw on Twitter today, Jacob at Cardinals reek, um, said bottom six in whiff percentage this year among qualified starters and whiff percentage being when a batter swings how often they swing and miss uh, so the denominator is different than swing striker which is total pitches number one is adam wayne right number two is dakota hudson number six is miles michaelis be kind of interesting to throw luis castillo into that uh, yeah. all of a sudden it's very much not the cardinals mo it does make sense given last year how good that cardinals defense was and it certainly has benefited michaelis but we've seen it what was it about Paul Goldsmith being the worst at first base all of a sudden? Yeah, defensively, yeah. Right. So it certainly has changed, but uh, they they do need that major guy with with Jack Flaherty out of the question. I don't know if the Cardinals are the kind of team that to do that. You know, they've 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 been that. What was the last like major in season deal? I know the Nolan Arenado one. We're still like, how did that happen? And I don't honestly know. By or there's Paul Goldschmidt again. That was a sign in the offseason and uh, sorry, trade and sign in the offseason. But this yeah. blockbuster, you know, at the deadline deal, I, maybe there is one that's I'm completely forgetting. Um, am I crazy and thinking like John Lester was a Cardinal at some point or something? No, like that? I mean, I think you did. You what did, was it? You're talking about trading for pitchers, pitchers, or just some major hitter or something like that. And I feel as if the Cardinals. I are mean, the Arenado Goldschmidt. Yeah, they are both. That was in the off trades. season, though. Yes, but that was. I mean, the Rockies being weird. They are and in on Soto allegedly. Everyone's in on Soto. Everyone's just saying, "Hey, what's up?" That's true. Sure oh, Chad sure. is bringing up uh, Ozuna for Alcantara. Oh, that's Gallon true. And but was that off season or was that mid season? I guess I was. No, that was off season when the Marlins were selling everybody. Um, I'm thinking like at the deadline, but regardless of the facts, I don't know if they'll be the guys that really ultimately win at that one. Um, I, I've seen chat talk about the New York Mets, obviously in discussion there. Uh, it's yeah. a question of the depth of the uh, Mets rotation. You have Tyler McGill, 
um, which I almost wore that shirt tonight. Jacob DeGrom should be coming back shortly. Tywin Walker's been great. Carlos Carrasco's been great. Chris Bassett's there, and that's five. And I don't think the necessity of Luis Castillo is really what's holding back the Mets. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to go for something, it's going to be a larger bat or just utility stuff or, or really, honestly, bullpen stuff. If a you bullpen ask me. arm, yeah. Or, you know, we'll talk about one I think is a very clear fit. I'm um, not even in the bullpen later on, I think. Um, yeah. But uh, And actually, you had a really good one. But uh, moving on, I, uh, Andrew Benatendi has been someone that's been talked about a lot. Um, and the big one is the one that you chose here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I said that he was going to go to the New York Yankees. I think there's the biggest fit there. I mean, I, that seemingly was off the table when they found out about Ben Intendi's VAC status and that he was not going to be able to enter the nation of Canada. Uh, and then just a couple of days ago, uh, MLB trader versus the Yankees are theoretically back in on Andrew Ben Intendi. I mean, he, he's arguably the most, uh, uh, one of the most appealing trade candidates out there because he's not going to cost the most in terms of sure. um, prospects because he's a, he's a free agent next year. Um, there they have so much pop in that lineup as it is that I think what they're looking for is a kind of Hicks replacement, yeah, um, a guy that can put in the outfield from three years ago. Not say it again, Brett Gardner from three years ago. Yeah, exactly. They're 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 looking for a, a con. You know, he's obviously got great contact. You know, this year he's hitting three twenty two slashing three ninety four oh one with a one twenty eight wrc plus. Even last year when he hit two seventy six, he still had a one hundred six wrc plus. Aside from twenty twenty, he's actually never had a wrc plus below one hundred. Um, like I said, I I don't think they're gonna mind that he doesn't have pop because that lineup is pop one through eight already. Um, so yeah, I think he's really kind of a a really good fit for that team. Absolutely. I I saw actually a really interesting thing, and this is someone I have to include it now. Um, I think it was on the Brave subreddit. They were talking about the Yankees, where they're they're expected to get Andrew Benatendi, which means that they would be wanting to deal Joey Gallo. Um, and Gallo could be their Jorge Soler or their Eddie Rosario from last year. Um, what do you think about that? I can see it. I can honestly see it, you know? Like the Yankees would yeah. be a team that would get Ben Attendee and deal Gallo. No, I think I think uh, I was thinking about this. Did I even include Gallo on the sheet or did you I did. No, you I did. He said at the very bottom. Stay. Yeah. Yeah, I said that the first I was going to say that he was going to go and I definitely thought that he was going to be packaged with someone and I feel like he needs to get out of like, I honestly think it's just like being in the in, in right. New York and not I being absolutely able to do what the press that's that. doing it. Yeah. But I don't know if I mean, maybe I, I'm, he's, he's owed 11 million dollars for the rest of the year. Maybe if the Yankees are like, we'll eat his contract, then, yeah, they would include him in that deal. Sure. Um, but he's he's not going to do like where he would fit. You know what I mean? It, a team would have to just be like willing to be like, fine, we got Joey Gallo for the rest of the year and whatever it is, what yeah, it is. And maybe absolutely. the Royals are willing I mean, maybe, to do maybe that. Maybe the Brewers are like, whatever, we'll take a shot on this. We need some outfield help. Like, you know, just, yeah. just seeing why not, right? Uh, yeah, and Brewers it, and, are a good fit. Yeah, and especially because it's Milwaukee. It's not New York, right? Yeah, um, so Milwaukee's not New York and that power is going to also play there. Well. And, and the thing is, if you look at the, think of the playoff uh, lineup for the Yankees. Can you imagine the, I don't know, the the turmoil there would be if Joey Gallo is consistently getting at bats then? Right? No, I don't I don't think it happens. I, I right, think either exactly. he stays so then they, and, then and gets they benched. Get, or... Yeah, but then they just, they'll got, there's got to be somebody that, that takes them on. I like Arlo's here saying, deal Gallo for what, a number two at McDonald's. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. No, you can do better than that, okay? Don't get the what number. is a number two? A number one's a Big Mac. A number four VK is, a is saying quarter it's pounder. a quarter pounder with fries. There you go. Um, as far as no, the, that's a four. Oh, <laughs> a four is a double quarter pounder. Four is a I double have quarter pounder. No idea. Um, <laughs> Ben Attendi, I, I have him as the Dodgers. I feel like the Dodgers are somebody who would get someone like Ben Attendi. They are so stacked at the moment, but they always make some deal for some depth somewhere. And it's just slowly and surely poaching all the Red Sox um, players that beat them in 2018. So uh, so first he got Mookie Betts, now he got Joe, uh, Ben Attendi. They got also Joe Kelly, I believe. It's just over time, just acquire all of them. David Price, I think, too. <laughs> sure. uh, and uh, so I think Ben Attendi is the next one in line. It just makes a lot of sense to me. They have Gavin Lux sometimes going into the outfield. 
I I feel like there is a fit there to be had, especially also with Chris Taylor being hurt, less flexibility for them. I because they don't need to get like your Scherzer and Turner as they did last year. They just don't. Mm-mm. And I think it's just like little moves that the Dodgers are going to make. Um, and I could very much include Ben attending. I think that they end up doing this uh, next move. I don't I don't know if they end up sticking with offense. I think they try and package their prospects for pitching. And that's why while I'm a little on the fence with Frankie Montas, because I don't know what's going, you know, the health, I think, is going to be a big determine, you know, a big determining Absolutely, factor yeah. as to if he gets moved. I do think he could end up in, in L.A. I mean, they they need some 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 help in that in that starting pitcher department right now. And I think he's you know, one of the best starting pitchers available. Um, There's an argument to be made that we'll see what Andrew Heaney does, right? Uh, This is a very important week uh, to see how Andrew Heaney performs. It's not just the start, it's the next one as well. Uh, With Frankie Montas, uh, I got a comment. I'm saying, you know, for fantasy purposes, don't start him because he only threw 53 pitches last night or last time. And the Astros are the Astros. Um, So it's what capped at 70 pitches or so. And somebody said, no, this is his showcase. He's going to go out there and he's got to do it if he wants to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I buy that kind of uh, approach with it for Frankie Montas. Also, I don't want, I don't think Oakland needs to prove much, just that he's healthy. And I think pushing him too far might even turn some people away if there's any sort of fatigue or anything at the end of it. Just cash in 70 pitches and say, like, yeah, he's yeah. fine. He's stretched out and he's good. And I, I also understand that he has another year left. This isn't just a half a season thing. Frankie Montes yeah, goes no, yeah. through 2023. So think again of a team that really needs it. And honestly, in the preseason, we were talking about Frankie Montes potential spots. Chicago White Sox for me, I they are floundering. This is a division to win. The Guardians are not going to make the moves. They just don't. They still feel like they're going to yeah. be sellers or something crazy like that because it's the Guardians. I mean, the Twins would be a very good fit, too. And there's someone else here that I think that they're going to go for instead. But it could be Montas. But the White Sox, I mean, you have three of Kopech, Giolito, and Lynn not looking at like their best. You have Dylan Cease, who's woken up, which is amazing. And then Johnny Cueto. And you cannot rely on this Johnny Cueto magic for the rest of the year. So Montas seems like such an obvious fit um, with the White Sox. But maybe the Twins as well. I think one of those two, it's going to be a battle between the two of them. And whoever gets the best pitcher, I think, takes the AL Central. I wonder if the White Sox have like one of the worst farm systems in baseball. And I wonder if like Kopech would have to be a part of a deal. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me. I yeah. let him hit the reset button too. Um, I would feel bad for Kopech in Oakland, but I guess that's a good pitcher's park. I don't know. It just feels like not a fun place to be at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting one. Uh, Cause I agree. Chicago is like either four games back in the division. It's a very winnable division right now. Obviously they just seems like they're just yeah, perpetually getting bit by the injury it, bug and their managers making terrible calls, but that, yeah, that might be, it might be an interesting fit for them. It's, um, it, um, you know, it's something to really note too, is that this is a seller's market for pitching right now. You have mm-hmm. Castillo, you have Montes and you have Mali. And that's a, about it is there anyone else i'm really forgetting here uh you could say Tarek scuble you could say um jose quintana i think you have on this list um but there there are a lot of teams that need someone i, I see chat is mentioning pj uh, atlanta as well because ian anderson like what are you doing there um yeah. is it kyle muller coming up they would love to have someone so maybe jose quintana is a good fit for that but there there are just so many teams that are missing that number four number five and some teams are missing that really that number two right yeah, uh, and that means that if you have one of these pitchers, you're going to get a lot for them right now. Sure. And uh, I mean, I, I, you might see some like, oh, yeah, not mentioned here is Martin Perez. And I think I'm just going to throw that one at you now. I mm-hmm. uh, Martin Perez is actually, I think, the most perfect fit for the Jays because I don't think for the Jays, because I don't think they need Luis Castillo like some other teams do. I mean, they have Gaussman and Noah, and that's going to be your one, two, and you're going to love that. Mm-hmm. Um and Barrios maybe is going to be that 30 number three. You need just someone that's good and fine that is not going to cost everything. Uh, and Martin Perez, we don't buy this first half, but I mean, his last game, he deserved to have success. Amazing changeup command. Good locations of cutters and sinkers on opposite sides of the plate, right? Martin Perez, I'm very curious to see who gets that discount. 
Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's arguably another guy who could. I mean, he's a free agent and he's only owed four million dollars this year. Like, it's there could be a lot of he could have a, a a bigger bidding war on on him than we anticipated. He, if we're pivoting to him real quick, I mean, I feel like he's another guy that I kind of put in the Quintana field where I think he goes to either Atlanta or Cleveland. Mm. Cleveland could be an interesting thing because it is such a boring, like the old boring veteran um, might help them out a little bit, right? That kind of solidified number four spot for me, Atlanta made sense because at this point, like let's have a guy help us get Mike Soroka need to where he needs to get and just have a guy who's going to help us win games as a number four, number five. Maybe he could be the guy who starts game one of a series. If we're burnt out from the series before and keep us competitive, you know what I mean? Right. Um, So he is, he is an interesting person. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I, some other ones that I do want to mention, I will in a moment, but first, we have to take a quick break. So as I was mentioning, uh, there are some other interesting names. There's also uh, Merrill Kelly to consider with the Diamondbacks. Mm. Um, there's Noah Syndergaard with the Angels. Uh, mm. And of course, Dallas Keuchel is going to be the biggest one. I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I think we might see some surprise teams getting into the mix because there's such a demand for a quality number four at this point. We're just somebody yeah. to... to 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 give them innings and let them survive through September and be in the race. As you mentioned, Atlanta, you know, even, you know, the Padres, I don't know, but they just mm. lost Mackenzie Gore. Nick Martinez is someone that they're trusting. Blake Snell goes in and out. They might want one more piece just in case, you know, something yeah. doesn't go awry, you know, and uh, this is going to be a very interesting week. Um, you can even make an argument that John Gray could get a, pretty penny um with three and a half years on a somewhat you know generous contract about what is 18 16 million a year uh, i think sure. it's 16 so you can make a case for that too uh there's there's a lot of things that can happen martin perez actually is now that i think about it to another good fit sorry i just refreshed the mlb standings and see baltimore in fourth place <laughs> such warmth to my heart uh i mean really it just brings such incredible warmth to my my tired weary soul um, you know it's always I don't know like how we have a tiebreaker when, when you look at your fantasy team on like april 15th you're like oh i'm in first you know and just like yeah it's beautiful capture that whenever you can martin Perez might be a good fit for the cardinals uh kind of oh, another yeah, old that's... boring vet yeah absolutely i'm yeah, without a doubt I'm and, gonna... and yeah of course uh page is mentioning all the marlins guys they said everyone's on the table except sandy alcantara so Pablo Lopez, yeah. we've been talking about it for ages, but you got to think he's on the move too. Yeah, you got to think he's on the move as well. So it was another pitcher who's our next one that we wanted to discuss a little bit more in depth, and that's Tyler Molly. Um, to me, I, I think he is going to be traded, and I think that's the person that the, the New York Yankees end up reaching out for. I don't know why. I think Matt Blake might be able to take him and work wonders with him. Um, maybe they're scared because I don't know if that park suits him best considering the woes that he had in Cincinnati, but I don't know. I think they're going to go with Molly. There's two things that play here. One, as you mentioned, the home park. I mm-hmm. uh, even though I think the Yankees are correct me if I'm wrong. I think I was reading something the other day about how the Yankee uh, home park is not as bad as it used to be. I don't know. Um, okay. But I but for Tyler Molly, I feel like the Reds are going to butcher this. I, oh. I I I don't have faith in Cincinnati. I don't know why. I, I just feel, you know, they haven't done good things with the Castillo. Like, they should have traded him in the offseason. They didn't. And there's another guy you mentioned later on, uh, Brandon Drury, um, that I think should be dealt to. But yep, I just, I don't know if the Reds are, uh, they might just hold on to this, right? They might just play their cards later. I think they should be selling. I, I think the Twins is the best fit, personally. Uh, the Twins need something. They they really, yeah. really, really do. And Mali is not going to cost Castillo or Montes or uh, Pablo Lopez money but or, or, or assets, but Mali should be a big boost to them. He's a step up above the, you know, Quintana's, Martin Perez, uh, Perez's, and so on and so forth. So I think Mali is the perfect fit for the Twins. Um, and, I mean, the Yankees could go after this. I don't think the Yankees need to... I mean, sure, the Yankees are like, no, that's the last piece of the puzzle. Offense is the greatest thing ever. We just lost Severino for a while. We don't know what we're going to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, Cortez is not going to last. Jordan Montgomery just got lit up tonight by the Mets. Uh, Cole hasn't even been as consistent. I mean, it does feel like the Yankees could win the World Series in a week 
if they get Juan Soto and and a Pablo Lopez or something like that, right? That's uh, that's just what the feeling Lopez, would be. They that's have insane. no farm, right? And they have I, no farm. I, like it's crazy, right? But it's like why why need farm when I have World Series? Uh, right. I love and, it. Why need farm? I have World Series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why need farm when World, World Series, Series do trick? Um, so I, I, I look that that's kind of what I see, and I think um, I think we've also taken note that the Dodgers have showcased like, yeah, just give away some prospects and get that stuff guys. And like do amazing things, you know? Yeah. I think the Yankees could are in this really interesting position where they could absolutely seize everything, but um, I don't know. Yeah. We've got, we've got a few more to get through because they're all very exciting. So we might end up taking a majority of the time talking about this, which is good. It's a trade. It's the trade. It's the trade, trade show, show, baby. Come. It's a trade show. It's a trade show. Come test our wares. It's the trade show. Uh, the next one, obviously, of course, very near and dear to my heart, but we'll start with you. You see Trey Mancini getting traded. Where do you see him going? I don't really know. Uh, I just, I feel like Trey Mancini is an Atlanta player just in by heart and soul. Mm. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I, 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 I can't. I, I want to put like the Brewers for everyone. Um, any hitter, just the Brewers, they need it. And Trey Mancini could be a good fit for that. He could be a Dodger. Um, yeah. I, I put Atlanta. You put the Brewers. So clearly we're on the same. Yeah. Page Atlanta's tough for me to see solely because I think they already have a DH in Ozuna, and I don't think they ever want him to see you know a lot of sure. playing time in the field again. Even though he does That's play a very good field, point. and then of course you've got Olsen already. Um, uh, I think that he does go to the Brewers solely because he he has the largest need there. Right now, they're perpetually DHing uh, Andrew McCutcheon, who actually isn't terrible. I think he's hitting like 255. He's not he's not god awful, but he is their DH right now. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Tellez is their platoon first baseman. Tellez is kind of already Mancini light. He's got the power, doesn't have the batting average. You know, although Mancini's been struggling a little bit recently. Um, but with that said, I think with the positional flexibility that, you know, ostensibly you get from, from Mancini and that you could put him in right field when you need to, even though he's probably going to be a first baseman DH, um, I think he could fit in well there. That way you have Andrew McCutcheon pop in whenever you need to rest Hunter Renfro or Tyrone Taylor, um, or Christian Yelich. Um, and then you have, you know, Mancini coming as your everyday, uh, 1B or, you know, or, or your DH. I think he's a good fit there and could mash a lot in that in that stadium yeah i like that one too i I, speaking of atlanta um i'm not speaking of Atlanta. i see i see Contreras. i think of his brother but wilson Contreras. Mm. i i think this is a perfect fit for the mets um Mm. and the nito is just hurting that offense so much and if you want to talk about a team that needs a, a catcher i we also heard about how mccullers really loves martin maldonado in in houston yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's the right one, but it makes a lot of sense as far as just offensive production. But the Mets just seem, yeah, this is this is the get you should make. Yeah, the Mets is a really good call. Um, Houston, uh, I was looking a little bit earlier. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. By team, who has the lowest amount of productivity from the catcher position oh, um, right now? Great. Yeah. Uh, and by war... It is, it's Houston. Uh, they are one of six teams with a negative war from the catcher position. The, honestly, the Mets, not very far behind. They have a zero war from the catcher position, but they mm. have a negative 0.07. Now, you know, th- there are a lot of things that aren't uh, being brought into the conversation there, but the Astros catchers collectively are slashing 159 Oh dear. Okay. Three hundred. Yeah, you can stop right there. All right. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And obviously, it's not the rotation that the Astros would need help in. I, uh, as they are, looking dandy to say the least. Mm. There, um, man. Yeah. Is it going to be a Yankee Astro ALCS once again? I mean, I feel like if the Yankees are going to do anything, they have to. You know, it's like the trajectory of any team, right? They always need to get over the hump before they can become like the dynasty team, right? Astros sure. are that team. Sorry, I'm just projecting here. It's going to be the Blue Jays. We all know this, guys. Um, they're, they're my pick. There you go. Uh, moving on here to uh, Tarek Skubal. Uh, you see the Giants going for it. Um, I do. I do. So Tarek Skubal, this, is, this was interesting, right? Because he 
came on the trade block today. Detroit said everyone is available. There isn't anyone who is not available right now. Right. Um, and Tarek Skubal, uh, I think, I know that the Giants like a good amount of sliders. I remember seeing that report that in the farm system, it was like guys were throwing like 70% sliders all of the time. The Giants have actually started to fall out of the race a little bit. And I think they need a little bit of help. And while Wood has been very good, I think Tarek Skubal can immediately slot into a really consistent number three from them in that park. Clearly, even if he goes behind Wood, they need a little bit of help between Cobb and Junis right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, maybe they get Matthew Boyd at some point in the year. God knows what you're going to get there. Tony Disco obviously had that ankle surgery. Um, so I don't know. I think they could be a fun kind of surprise player. And that just seems like a guy that even though I trust Chris Fetter and the great work that he's been doing with the Detroit um, rotation, I don't know. I just see him kind of going into that ballpark and just finding more consistency and shoving. You want to hear something that's kind of crazy? I think uh, we all know really right now when it comes to the playoffs, uh, the Mets are winning the NL East. Atlanta's likely, very likely to be a wild card play. You have the NL West of the Dodgers and Padres, both very likely to make it, but Dodgers more so. Padres, 85%, there's a chance that they could fall off. Um, in the NL Central, it's between the Brewers and the Cardinals, one of them to win it. Uh, you might be surprised to hear that the Phillies have a 42% chance, according to Fangraphs, to make the playoffs, and the Giants a 34 and I do wonder if the Phillies could be making a move because, I mean, what is that rotation? They still have Bailey Falter going. Yeah. And Tarek, again, being part of that crew of not the elites. They don't really need it. They got Nola. They got Wheeler. They're okay at the top. Uh, they just need that number three, Kyle Gibson, Ranger Suarez. Ranger Suarez is getting whiffs on the changeup again and has this cutter. It's kind of interesting, and I hope it works out for him. But they need something here. And this is, again, a very telling week. With the Giants, with uh, the Phillies, if they have a losing streak this week, it could be huge. And in some cases, I remember this for myself in 2015 for the Yankees, actually 16, I wanted the Yankees to lose in that last week. I knew we weren't going to make it to the World Series. I knew we weren't going to make that push. And I wanted it to be a situation where we were definitively out so that we could invest in the future. It will be very interesting to see what the Phillies and Giants do. If the Giants are out of it, I mean, you could get rid of uh, a lot of these guys. Uh, Alex Wood, you can get, be getting rid of Carlos Rodon. You could be um, you could be selling Cobb even. I mean, there's a lot of deals to be made there. Um, and that could also turn the Giants into a very interesting team next season. So I, I'm curious about that with Tarek Skubal uh, for me. Um, I have him down for the Yankees. I think the Yankees could use that lefty help. I I mean, if Jordan Montgomery falters or uh, Ines Cortez does, and then all of a sudden they have Scoobal. I think also Scoobal is someone that you're talking about Blake fixing. He feels like right up their alley. Um, mm. I would be so thrilled to see Scoobal in New York. But then again, you want to talk about home run stuff, and maybe that's not it. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what happens there. Um, we yeah. are... We are running out of time already. Look at this. Uh, it's already 10.43. We've still got more interesting guys to talk about. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned, Syndergaard, I'm going to, where do you see him landing? Mm, man, I, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's really going to want to take the risk on it uh, right now. Uh, maybe if he's free, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I see him having a market, really. None at all. I don't know. Why, why would you want a kind of reclamation project that hasn't looked consistently it's great. Been, it's been fine because teams need someone at the end of their, like the Phillies don't want Bailey Falter. I know, but I mean, like is Cinder, I mean, obviously Syndergaard much more upside than Bailey Falter, but is as a number five in the rotation, I guess it depends on what the cost is. If it's, if it's virtually right, free, it's not, it's not, I would, I wouldn't imagine the angels would ask for not. I mean, it's a case of like, you have Syndergaard on a, I believe a one-year deal and yep. You're not going to make the playoffs, Angels. So might as well get something for this. I uh, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of deals like that, and the Phillies will be like, yeah, sure, we'll take a chance into a Syndergaard. That would make a lot of sense. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, moving on here, though, I really liked this one from you. It was JD Martinez? We've talked about Jose Quintana and Josh Bell already, but JD mm -hmm. Martinez, I think you found a really good fit for him. Yeah, JD Martinez was kind of like uh, so originally. 
Trey Mancini um, was, you know, he still is very linked to the Mets. And that seems like it's the biggest rumor. And it seems like it's probably just something that's going to happen at any given time. Um, but J.D. Martinez, we found out today, could theoretically be on the block. Obviously, Boston now in fifth place in the AL East. I could say that all day. Um, and at 500, no way. Obviously, they're catching the Yankees as they're 17 behind. And then they're still in the wild card hunt. I mean, at the moment, they're they're three and a half out of the wild card. Anything could happen there. But with the injury concerns that they have with both Devers and Sale, you figure Martinez is on the block. If the Mets can't get Mancini and knowing Cohen's ability to not mind paying if it's going to benefit the team, I don't think it would be, you know, insane to have them pick up the 20 million contract of J.D. Martinez. It's a little bit more expensive, obviously, than Trey Mancini. Maybe he's thinking we already got Daniel Vogelbach and we probably don't need to have a Daniel Vogelbach with better contacts and more money. Or maybe he thinks, okay, we'll, 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 you know, we'll move Dom Smith in a part of this deal. Maybe we'll get Boston to eat a little bit of the contract and we'll have our permanent DH who's going to take us into the playoffs. I think he could be a good fit in New York for the, you just love JD Martinez. I don't know what it is. I just want to hear you talk about him more. Uh, if you guys don't know, it'd be kind of fitting. Actually, it will be like every second and third round of Alex fantasy teams is what the Mets would be as that would be Starling Marte and JD Martinez. Never goes uh, wrong. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. sometimes, but, uh, but, but anyway, I, I actually have... this year I didn't, and I'm in last. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that your, your Zelda had a little bit to do with that. Yeah. Uh, the young, uh, the young child. She's wonderful. Um, yeah, Janie Martinez to the Mets, I think it was just such a good one that uh, I, I I said the Cardinals, but honestly, I don't know. I, I just felt the Cardinals needed to do something. But, eh, I think the Mets are honestly the, the one that should be getting him. Maybe the Brewers again. Um, reliever talk. I, yeah. I think Fulmer is going to be paired with Tarek Skubal somewhere. And I think that's, well, that's a really good part point. of it. I think it's part of the Yankee idea here. You just lost Michael King for the year. And Fulmer could fill in that void a little bit. Uh, I think the Yankees have been trying to, uh, I don't know, have an eye on Fulmer, Fulmer for a while. Maybe I'm thinking the mm-hmm. Mets. But no, I think I am thinking of Fulmer. Um, and pairing that with Tarek Skubal to the Yankees could be interesting. Uh, do you think he's going to get traded? And if so, where? It's a good question. I think the Yankees is an interesting idea. I wonder if they're just like, oh, he throws 91 nah <laughs> you know what i mean even though i do think he is a very valuable reliever this year and i do think he is going to be on the move i mean he's got you know he doesn't really throw it too often but he does have three pitches over 10 percent swing strike rate like i said doesn't go to the four seam and the change up too often but the, the the sinker slider combination has been you know very very good for him uh this year most notably that slider so i think he could be on the move i i saw him going to uh to the blue jays i think they need some they need some additional bullpen help and he seemed like he could be a good fit there but the yankees pairing with scoobal is actually a really good idea and uh and david bednar you think he's just gonna stay with the pirates i wonder if the pirates just botch it or i wonder if considering how much control they have over david bednar um because i think he's he's there for years yeah he he doesn't even enter he's not even arbitration eligible until 2024 right but Um, relievers you don't really know and you do want to seize the moment with them uh, there's yeah. no way he goes to the Yankees because they they are already uh, sending uh, requests for backsies on Clay Holmes, mm-hmm. um, and they don't want to do that again. So I, I think I, you know, I don't think you're going to see him there. But I mean, every team needs relief help, and why not deal Bednar if you're the Pirates? Honestly, um, I, I'm very much in the feeling of go deal the relievers that would get anything um, because you just don't know. You just don't know what yeah. they're going to be in a year or two. Yeah, that's um, a good point. David Robertson, I mean, a little bit different on the other side of the uh, the career spectrum. You're saying he's going to get dealt. Um, it seems pretty obvious in the Cubs. Sure, why not? Ian Happ could be in this conversation too. I, but I, Milwaukee Brewers is. I see who you put down. Why the Brewers? Yeah, I mean, I think it takes a, it just further solidifies an already fantastic bullpen. I mean, they've already got a nice one, two, three with Boxberger, Williams, and Hader. And I think this shortens games even more if they need to. Um, you know, the playoffs is obviously going to be all about shortening games, and they're going to have to do so if it's not Burns or Woodruff that they're facing. Um, you know, Eric Lauer, obviously not fantastic. Ashby, 
best game. Ashby's going to show night. for four pitches, I think, and then get pulled. The good old Wade Miley in the playoffs. Oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, I, I, if you guys haven't watched it too, you should watch Nick's uh, seven-hour breakdown of Aaron Ashby last. It night. It was forty-eight um, minutes, all right, but it was one hundred and eleven pitches, and I think actually beautiful. it was very helpful for me um, because. I, I question if the breakout truly is coming for Aaron Ashby, but you should watch it. You can watch it at like 1.5 or 1.75 speed. Don't worry. Just do that. It was that. very good. It was very oh, informative. I am perpetually blown away by your ability to properly track the ball with your pen. Me too, man. I, can, I am so amazed of like, That's I think it's going to go here and it just always follows. It. You drew the sinker shape uh, in the first <laughs> inning on. It was actually uh, like awe-inspiring. Uh, can, I, can I do that for overlays for you? Is there a way I can like... <laughs> That's Straight all they are. Yeah. That's all overlays are. <laughs> it's just that. It's, that's all they are. Um, the last one that we should hit on real quick is is Brandon Drury, who's been a man possessed. Mm. I I originally wanted to uh, to say what you said, which is like, man, I just don't like the Reds need to do it, but like, do I but trust what? the Reds? Yeah, to get I don't it know done? if I do, man. <laughs> yeah. I also wonder if he's a guy that's like a Jesse Winker last year where it's like the, the, if a lot of front offices are like, sure, he's got a 132 WRC plus and he's hitting, you know, he's at 19 homers so far, but he's also playing in Cincinnati because he had similar numbers last year in New York. And though he got far fewer plate appearances, I mean, yeah, he had four home runs and 88 plate appearances, but still, I, I don't know if teams are necessarily going to buy it with that said, I do think he is going to end up getting traded. I want like the, the team that we haven't talked about at all is the Mariners. Well, um, Sure. Uh, they're and playoff you know odds him. right now. Yeah, actually, I, you're right. 68% um, currently uh, on, on Fangraph's projection of it. Um, I, yeah, I wonder. I mean, you would think that would be a team that needs a starter more than anything. Totally. Um, but they could use a, a Drury to to spell Adam Frazier and you, Eugenio sure. Suarez. He's got a, you know, he's a nice utility player. He's had games. He's just a really nice had, guy too, you know. He's a good guy. He's actually had games at first, second, third, and short this year. Most, I know, my mostly so at third. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, we it is kind of funny. Of all those starting pitchers that we've talked about, who would you see the Mariners making a play for? I mean, Marco Gonzalez has to shake his friend, Martin Perez, you know, like they're the same guy to mm. me. So Martin Perez uh, is interesting. That that seems like the most Mariners thing as Seattle writers and fans have to justify it endlessly. And I feel so bad for them because they just want something to get excited about. They should probably yeah. get Eric Bedard. Um, but I Eric Bedard? I, yeah. <laughs> the old Adam Jones trade. <laughs> but um, I actually think I wanted to mention David Robertson. I would absolutely love if the Yankees got him. Just reunite. Just to come you back. You know, just to come back and they need something and just, ah, oh, that would be so poetic and lovely. I want Houdini to do one more magic trick, you know? The greatest gift ever, the noodle David Robertson giving up that home run. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about his reaction to a foul ball to Gary Sanchez. And, uh, oh. but he had the noodle of like the back turning. Yeah. Oh, oh it's the best. It's really <laughs> the best. Um, Nick, we, we probably have time for, for one more. No, we we can do we, this. Let's come on. Can, quickly. We're, uh, Eric, I'm sorry. We don't, I know you don't have any questions this week. You got none. I, uh, you know, you just know everything this week and I'm proud of you for that. Um, but let's do the images of the week really quickly. I, uh, Alex, uh, what is your image of the week? My image of the week is a very sad photo um, that was uh, of um, Ian Happ um, hugging Wilson Contreras at the end of this game uh, in Chicago that happened today, likely going to be the last uh, home game for both of those players in Chicago. And, you know, it's so funny. We, we, we talk about these pitchers. Um, and you know, we have an entire 45 minute podcast about them and we clearly forget sometimes that they are human beings whose lives are about to be what? upended. Alex Think Fast doesn't exist. Yeah, there it is. A Alex Aww. Think Fast is here, but there is actually one other, um, image that I do have that I'm going to pivot to. I'm going to send it to Eric right now and, uh, you, you do yours in that time. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, mine is this completely different side of the spectrum just about, I mean, yeah, there are, there are humans and, there are relievers trying to pass the time. And this is the Pirates bullpen growing banana peppers 
in their bullpen. <laughs> that is so good. I adore this so much. I've always uh, I've I've heard people say like what would be best show would be a uh, someone covering a bullpen. What it's like being inside the bullpen. I honestly the pen have one of the features also be a novelist. Oh, lovely, very lovely, clever show to do. You can also I uh, I would hope. Um, I was always a little disappointed about I oh man, and I can't remember the name. Uh, a pitch, I believe it was, um, whereas she was throwing a screwball, but it should have been a knuckleball. And I would love to have a character that would throw a knuckleball. But anyway, I I just love this. This is just like the oddities of, yeah, you know, it's boring, guys. It's boring being in the bullpen for a baseball yeah. game where nothing's going on and you got to do something to pass the time. And I, I love that they have banana peppers inside the bullpen. So there you go. Um, um, Eric, do we have time to get? Yeah, do we have time to get the other one up there? I sent it to you very, very last minute. So we, if you don't can, have time we to. Can, I, uh, he's going to have so, he's going to have it up. So meantime, I, it, there's. Meantime, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to do wild thoughts because we only got like okay. five minutes left really quickly. You got to talk about the World Series. Um, Wait, it's here. here. It's here. What is it? <laughs> Last night, it was daddy-daughter night because Chris went out. I gave Zelda a nice little Pacifico. I put the Mariners-Rangers game on, <laughs> and we just watched some baseball, and I got my baby hammered. I got her oh, hammered on some I Pacifico. <laughs> she was living the dream, three months old, getting started. Oh, Look at that. Good old Zelda. She's thinking, why is is Otto throwing that pitch? Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I'll show, I'll send you the video later, Nick. It's very cute. Uh, but go ahead. What is your wild thought um, for the week? The wild thoughts. I think we should get back to the original rules of baseball. I don't actually believe this, so I think it'd be interesting. If you remember, the whole idea was to throw a pitch that people can hit and not try to avoid it, which is my favorite part of the game. So what if we instituted a rule that you have to throw at least 60% of your pitches denoted as a fastball by Statcast, oh. you cannot go underneath sixty percent. If you do, I mm. uh, you yeah. Um, let's say a run scores for the other team for every inning or so, and it's essentially with a minimum, you know, uh, with at least ten pitches thrown in the inning, at least six of those ten uh, need to I be love a that. fastball. I, I think it'd be really interesting about when do you throw the secondary stuff? Do you throw them on the tenth pitch? Do you throw them on the ninth pitch? Do you throw all the six fastballs in a row so then you can do whatever you want for the final four mm-hmm. or so? I think it would add a lot of interesting strategy to it and theoretically would reduce strikeouts in the game. Unless you're Spencer yeah. Strider who threw like, I think I checked in and saw 85% fastballs and it didn't matter. And still had an amazing night. Um, I I dig that. I want to take that and I'm going to add it to mine, which is let's just uh, have the all-star game broken up into a bunch of one inning rules. So like, for example, that's a rule, like fit, you know, 70% of the pitches in that inning have you to be hate the all-star seamers. game, man. You hate it. You know, I, I went this year and there were definitely moments like the Andres Jimenez double play was a lot of fun to watch. Uh-huh. But like, I just kept thinking like, wouldn't it be so hilarious if we did everyone there wanted the game to be tied so they could watch the home run derby. Right, so then yeah. just do it. Oh, yeah. The fourth inning is the home run derby and whoever wins gets a run. You know what I mean? That's fine with me. The, the you know, one inning, a position player gets to pitch one inning. A fan gets to hit like there. Or if you want to keep it to just the players in the field, mix it up a little bit, change the rules per inning, make it a little more backyard. Like that to me would be a lot of fun because it, it speaks to the game doesn't matter. It's already just an exhibition. Like at this point, let's just make it more fun. Let's just I make think it this is a fantastic thought. I'm for it. I just like the fact that you wrote it as herd instead of home run derby in the notes. Oh, it's hey, just replaced by herd. And I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a little aggressive. That's how you that's how you refer to it in the biz, baby. The HRD. <laughs> um, all right. We have two minutes left. I think it's a great one fast. Uh, who is going to win the World Series this year? We do it every week. The teams we cannot choose are the Marlins, Orioles, Brewers, Mets, Guardians, Braves, Mariners, Astros, and Yankees. This week for me, it is going to be the San Diego Padres. They are going to win the World Series. You mentioned a few weeks ago they don't get enough love, and they still don't get enough love. Ninth best ERA, 11th best FIP in baseball, just from a rotation perspective. I still think the rotation is more deep than you would anticipate. Musgrove Darvish can be a great one-two punch in the playoffs. They do have three question marks between Manaya, Snell, and Clevenger. Uh, that could theoretically be one of those could be a good number three in the playoffs for them top era top 10 era and top 11 fip among relievers too obviously you're getting that mvp caliber season out of uh manny machado we already talked uh, a little bit about how 
Jerks and Profar, one of the best players in, in all and of baseball. Guess who hit BP today? Fernando Tatis. Fernando Tatis getting back one of the best oh. players in all of baseball. Yes. I don't know, man. They're they are they are still very much in the thick of it right now. They uh have a three-game lead on the wild card right now. And you look at the division, uh, I think they're still no, they're eleven games behind the Dodgers. So that's probably not gonna happen, but they're still gonna get that wild card spot. You never know what's gonna happen. They're gonna be my team this week, Nick. Yeah, I I mean I absolutely dig it. Uh I just want the Dodgers Padres rivalry to be back. That was some mm. of the best baseball I've ever seen. Um, in the past five years. I want that back. But that's going to do it for today. Thank you all so much for joining us for the trade show here at the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. I am your host, Nick Pollock. And I am Alex Fast. We'll talk to you guys next week.